For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It is May 18th, 2021. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast talking about NXT. We've got a new North American champion. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanawa and NYC Demon Diva Issa. The three of us together again. It's been a while. Feels good. Yes, Feels right. It does. Absolutely. I was doing a podcast on Sunday with Raj and Justin, and I was like, who are these guys? It was like <laughs> hanging out with your ex. It was just like, you know, I know there was magic that was once there, but I just, I've moved on. <laughs> and you and need to accept talk about zombies, so this is even better. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> I was starting to think that Glenn just didn't want to see me again because I was like, I'm back, and I'm like, Glenn's not I here, know. and I'm like, wow, okay, I see <laughs> I how it is, Glenn. <laughs> traveling last week, but no, now we're going to be in a regular routine, it's good. I'm looking forward to SmackDown on Friday. This was great tonight, there was a lot of great stuff that happened. Um, I mean, NXT is just always, always a joy to watch, and I think about the lower points. I know I haven't tuned into Monday Night Raw since I stopped covering it, but I look at it on Twitter and I feel like eh, I'm not missing anything, you know? I I tuned in last night after three weeks and I thought, you know what? This break is probably what I needed. It's going to be refreshing. I'm going to enjoy it. I didn't. I fell asleep. I was annoyed. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm still there. I'm, I'm still at the same spot I was at three weeks ago. And the sad thing is I missed nothing. It was yeah. like I, I it was like I never stopped watching. Everything is like a standstill storylines wise. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it's it's amazing. I think I mentioned this before. The most dangerous thing, the thing the WWE should fear the most, is that when you stop watching Raw, it's so easy to just completely lose interest and not look back. It is not an essential show. And by comparison, NXT tonight, these matches were great. Oh the storylines had a lot of progression. Um, I love the way they they teased everything we were going to see tonight. Um, and opening up with Tony Storm versus Zoe Stark in this match, they got a good amount of time. Um, Issa, what'd you think of this match? Uh, wait, wait, which match? Oh, Tony Storm versus. <laughs> oh, I'm Zoe sorry. Stark. Okay, okay, no, okay. No, no, no. I thought it was great. Surprisingly, really, really good. I don't know if her finisher has a move. It looked like a DDT to me, mm. but that finishing move that Tony Storm did was incredible. Like it looked amazing, sharp, super clean, and it started up hot. I don't think I was into this. Like I think they announced it before, and I don't think I was into it. And then I sat down and I was like holy crap, these girls are killing it. And I should not be surprised because we are speaking about the NXT women's division. Hot way to start the show. And again, it felt like last week it started and it never stopped. Like the show yeah. just took off and it just there was no break to like breathe for a second, right? The show was amazing. But these two girls started the show like like they set the bar high for tonight's show. And Alfred, what do you think of this? Uh, I like that this match didn't go on too long. I feel like no, not at all. Yeah, this might have been the best match of the show. Of course, leading up to the main event, which I might even put it up for the main event once we yeah. get there. But I mean, I thought they wrestled pretty much a perfect match. I like the fact that uh, Tony Storm is kind of back to being booked 
regularly again because for a while there they weren't booking her very well and i was starting to kind of get paranoid that maybe she was in trouble backstage for something because she was losing one match after another to people who right. you know were clearly beneath her uh but now she just had a great showing i thought uh, you know zoe stark has been great since she got here um and uh the reason i think uh Issa, because i wasn't really excited to just see these two jump in there they haven't really done a good job with both these women in terms of right. building them up as like credible like you know even though the women's division is loaded they both lose a lot unexplained yeah but they went out there and they did a great job and i think this is a good rehab win for tony storm needed she needed this win yeah i agree with you it's, it's exactly like you said they haven't been built up the thing of it is is now it looks like they're building up so many women that you're like well who's next in line because the line is stacked with women that they're throwing at you with this showcase really good matches yeah. so we'll see yeah and uh this was great it was very intense went on for the perfect length you know and i've criticized this before i don't like actually when smackdown would oh, we'll open a show or raw will open a show with a half an hour long match i think there's something to be said for get your stuff in keep the intensity up and then uh yeah le like leave people wanting more so i could see this i you know i wonder if this feud is going to be over over uh i mean but the fact that they had frankie monet come out after tony storm got the win uh makes me think that uh could very very well be going there next yeah that was kind of weird Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought she was going after uh, Io Shirai. Like, that's what they yeah. kind of like hinted a couple of weeks ago. But she also came out and interrupted Raquel and Mercedes. So that's I true. like the idea that they're just not letting you know what they plan on doing with Frankie Monet. And we'll see. I'm excited about her in-ring debut. But I will agree with you. Seeing her come out here, I was like, but why? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, aren't you involved in so many other storylines? You're going to get involved here, too. But listen. She's just trying to jump the line and maybe she got to make it through all these people to do it. Good for her. Yeah, I think they're just kind of randomly picking different spots where she can come out and kind of advertise her debut. And they've done a good job of making Frankie Monet seem like she's this big star. Because uh, yeah. I'm very much looking forward to her debut next week. And uh, I'm guessing it's probably going to be a squash match, hopefully. Oh, yeah. It showcases her. But, you know, we've seen a couple of debuts recently with NXT where they do these 50-50 matches and, and they don't get over as much as they should. But I think with somebody like Frankie, May, uh, Frankie Monet, based on how much that they're pushing her. And I, and I hope that she has a cool spot with a dog. Like, I don't want to see the dog get involved physically. But I hope there's something cool that the dog does, maybe to distract the referee or something. I don't know. Maybe they've trained the dog to do something great because they've really put over that dog as being part of her act. Could you imagine if this were Monday Night Raw, Vince would be like, so can the dog pee on command? Can we <laughs> figure out a way to involve that in the match somehow? <laughs> he would too. He would too. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but no, I think, I think Frankie Monet should just run through the women's roster and then go for the championship. I think you could do a great streak storyline with her. I think she's got believable heat where she could very easily have believable heat with every yeah. women, woman on uh, the NXT roster. And um, yeah, I'm excited. I think uh, they're doing a very, very good job of introducing her, building her. And she's uh, yeah going to have her in-ring debut next week. And Tony Storm getting this win tonight looked uh, really, really good, really strong. That new finisher, it was some kind of yeah, spinning driver. That finisher. was really good. Oh, my God. It looks so good. I was like, I went back to Twitter just to watch the GIF again. I was like, that was, that was pretty <laughs> epic. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Justin Lopez, 999. Stop me if you've heard this before. Johnny Gargano had a big time match and it was fantastic. Good for Bronson Reed. The guy's one of the most underrated dudes on the show. Should be getting way more love. I love how hyped uh, Justin Lopez is off the Knicks clinching. And it kind of makes me sad for him that my Milwaukee Bucks are going to sweep the Knicks in the playoffs this year. I'm just putting that out there, Justin. I'm still going to love you, but the Milwaukee Bucks are going to beat the Knicks in four games when we meet you guys. Mm. 
You heard it here first. Uh, All right. We're going to talk. <laughs> so Cameron Grimes has Jake Atlas to park his car. And uh, wouldn't you know it, Ted DiBiase, WWE <laughs> Hall of Famer, the only one with the parking spot up front. Uh, good build still with this. Love what they're doing with it. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that match. But then we had Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae at the spa getting massages and facials. And uh, Dexter Loomis. <laughs> this, this was weird. This no, might be it the wasn't. point. It was amazing. This, yeah. Okay, so Dexter Loomis was there giving the massage, but they couldn't see. Uh, I, I feel like this whole angle has been creepy and weird. But tonight's night for me where I was like, okay, this is now really weird. This is now crossing a line. I thought that tonight was the night that showed it was true love. Oh, there you go. You know what I loved about these angles is that what they ended up doing called back to something that happened weeks ago. You know, you, three weeks ago, there was that thing with the roses. And nobody oh. knew who uh, purchased them. And they had the masseuse come in there and say, hey, we have a purchase here. It was three weeks ago. That was great storyline continuity. I have no problem with that because it's kind of like an actual angle that rewards you from paying att attention to something that happened weeks ago. Why would the masseuse have the record of the purchase? Listen, we don't have to get into the nuts and bolts of <laughs> but she Listen, Glenn, this perfect. happens in The Bachelor and The Bachelorette all the time where they go on these fancy dates yes, and then wow. the masseuse leave the room and then one of them gets up and starts. This is normal on television. This is not just WWE. <laughs> I've seen it in other trash television that I watch as well. <laughs> Okay. Okay. There you go. I can't imagine like I'm at the hardware store and they're like, I see here somebody ordered like $30 worth of Del Taco at two in the morning on a Thursday. And I'm like, just don't judge me. Okay. I was hungry. It was late. It was open. What are you going to do? Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but no. So, so the reveal from this was before we've been led to believe the flowers were sent by Dexter Loomis, but it was Candace that sent the flowers. So Indy now knows that Dexter is still in love with yeah, yeah, and it was kind of weird that uh, Indy wasn't angry at all. I mean, I get it that she's in love with Dexter, and they're really trying to make this index thing happen, which is very clever. That's but, a good name. Uh, you know, Indy should have been a little bit more pissed. Like, this is kind of a moment that you build to to split them up, to be honest. Like, this is betrayal on Candace's end. And, but uh, Indy's blinded by love, so I guess they're just going to kind of blow past that dissension. I think they didn't tease anything with that because it'll probably happen like when they defend their tag right. titles because right now they're champions. So it's like, okay, I'm mad at you, but we kind of like won titles finally. So I'm just going to let it slide, right? Um, I think maybe something comes up during their title defense that maybe cost them the titles. Yeah. I hate even saying that out loud because I feel like these titles, while that roster is like stacked, they're going around these titles, right? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They just got creative and already three sets of of tag teams have had it but I, I i can see them i can see them dropping them due to this whole dexter thing index is a really really good couple's name I'm yes really, i'm jealous of that <laughs> it is i've never had as good of a couple's name before <laughs> nothing as good as index leave it at that uh do couples still do that or is that just me like living in the mid-aughts it's not as uh, prominent as it once was, but uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, Benifer, oh, are, are, the rumors are they're getting back together, so maybe they're going to bring that back. They're going to bring it back. Uh, anything could happen. Train could have another hit single. It'll be like the <laughs> mid-2000s all over again. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, Jake Atlas versus Cameron Grimes tonight, and I love that Jake Atlas got this win, even if it was Ted DiBiase causing a distraction uh, with uh, Grimes uh, allowing himself to get pinned. 
How do you not love that? How do you not love everything about this storyline? I was here for it, right? Um, good match. I think every match tonight was really good. But as soon as Ted DiBiase came out, I just popped. This is so much fun, and I look forward to it every single week. They're having a face-off next week. They already announced it. I can't wait to see what they say to each other. I think that Ted DiBiase is going to call Cameron Grimes on being fake rich. We'll see. Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, d depending on how the market and crypto is going, I mean, Cameron Grimes' storyline could be taking a turn, you know, uh, any week now if things, the volatility keeps up. So mm -hmm. who knows? You know, what I want to see if Cameron Grimes really wants to get revenge on Ted DiBiase is Cameron Grimes shows up to the confrontation next week with Virgil in tow. I mean, <laughs> I want to see Virgil as part of the storyline. I absolutely love seeing Ted DiBiase walk out in that arena. It doesn't feel like the biggest star in NXT all of a sudden. Like, well, yeah. there's a lot of big stars and stuff like that in NXT. They do a good job from one of these guys. But like when Ted DiBiase walked out, I mean, it was over for me. Yes, yes, 1,000%. And I look forward to the Ted DiBiase thing. I mean, he's definitely outshining Cameron Grimes, but he should. This is a Hall of Fame. Who doesn't love Ted DiBiase? And I just love the fact that they went here with this storyline because of the whole, oh, I'm rich, look at me throwing money around. Like, it, it just, before they even brought it up, it gave you Ted DiBiase vibes. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he's here, like, embracing this, um, it's awesome. I'm here for it. Yeah. So Pete Dunn had an interview tonight uh, talking about him calling out the roster and anyone wants to face. I feel like uh, anything's possible still. I mean, there was no real clear opponent, right? Yeah. This interview to me was useless. Like I didn't like, I love Pete Dunn. I mean, it's, I'm looking forward to him, whatever he ends up doing. But like the questions were like, they had the mask. Like, so what is your plan here in NXT? It's like, I could tell you that like Pete Dunn wants to win the NXT title. And that's what his plans are. So I didn't find out anything about where he's going. It was just a very, it was a lot longer than I thought it should have been. It needed maybe more editing because we did have that segment with um, Finn Balor and yeah. Karrion Cross late on the night. Now that was excellent in terms of them getting other people to talk about with the oh, math yeah. and stuff like that. But this seemed like it needed a little more editing and maybe some outside forces talking about what's going on with Pete Dunne because this kind of, the show came to a stand. This is a great show like we were talking, but it came to a stop when the segment was going on for me. Uh, now that you mentioned that, Alfred, I think there was at one point in the interview in which he said, you know, I don't have to speak. I've never had a bad match. My work speaks for mm. itself. And in, at that particular moment, I even thought, well, then why not put a video package <laughs> of his work speaking for itself instead of asking him? Because he literally just responded to the question by saying, I don't need to talk like my yeah. work speaks for itself. Um, I feel like it's a way of keeping Pete done, like, you know, in, in the back of your head. Sure, like, sure. like I said, they're doing the same thing with the women's division where there's so many people that are being built up here that you're like, what's going to be next when we stop yeah. the field that we're in now? They're doing that with Karrion Cross, but obviously somebody else called out Pete Dunn later. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But I, I mean, I see your point, but I just like that he's still a present there. If right. it goes for Karrion Cross next, you never just didn't see him on TV for weeks. They still have him there. And I like that. Well, and let's talk about the build with Finn Balor and Karrion Cross. I think <sighs> great build for him. I mean, Finn Balor's not winning this match. No, no, I don't expect him to, but I love that they had WWE guys talking about this. I love Paul Heyman had that little line where he's like, you know, there's some guys on SmackDown who are going to be paying attention. I wish that was more of a thing in terms of at least imply it doesn't have to actually happen, but the implication that there are guys in the main roster paying attention to NXT who might want to come down and challenge 
Uh, so I really liked it. Made it seem like a bigger deal that you had people from the main roster talking about this match. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I thought the um, the video package was great. Outside of the Pete Dunne interview that we just talked about, they did a lot of really fun things, showing backstage promos, interviews, or whatever. Um, but this one was like very, very well done. It's probably not going to happen for Finn Balor, but you cannot blame no. them for building him up. And if you think about it, they hyped up this um, cage match as well. For today, they they started hyping it up last week. It's a it's a main title match on a on a on an NXT episode, so it does deserve um it does deserve the kind of build up that it's getting. I mean, I feel like every week's a takeover since they've been on Tuesdays. You know, it's, yeah, it's really I, I can see that. I mean, there was a lot of backstage stuff like Issa was talking about, so that doesn't make it feel like a takeover because takeovers are usually just straight matches. But they had a lot right. of stuff backstage. But the that caliber kind of, of the matches, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And but it kind of reminds me of like an old school like wrestling, what it used to be in terms of where they would build up all these storylines and they give you the matches, and then they built to this one big match uh, toward the end of the show to where all the other matches were there and they were designed to advance the storyline, but. Everybody kept talking about this one big steel cage match they had at the end of the show. So I really like that feel of NXT. Now, right. pointing it out there for people that are having problems, I guess our YouTube live stream is having some issues right now. The chat room is still working. Um, the stream is freezing. If you're having any issues, you can watch us on Periscope, Facebook, through the Wrestling Inc. page, Twitch. There's lots of options if you want to get a clearer connection to this. Um, but still, feel free to type in the YouTube chat. And... Uh, Alfred, why don't uh, you talk a little bit uh, about Alexander Wolf versus Killian Dane while I uh, type that in the chat room so people sure. with stream problems can uh, know what's up. Yeah, I mean, this was a it was a pretty short match. It was a fine match. I was very confused that they were having Wolf face Dane because the story they've been telling is that Wolf might be aligned with Killian Dane and uh, Drake Maverick. So, but they actually had a match, and the finish came where uh, Alexander Wolf got a chair uh, from Imperium, and he was hesitating. And then uh, Dane just ran through him with a flying crossbody and won the match. And uh, so the other story they're telling is with uh, Drake Maverick, kind of fearful that uh, Killian Dane's going to turn on him, but that didn't happen. So they celebrated. And I just loved at the end, after this match, it was the most like you, anybody could see what was going to happen where Imperium tells Alexander Wolf, okay, even though you lost, let's do our pose. And it's like, you know, nobody does their pose after they lost, but he took the bait and they beat the hell out of him. So <laughs> Alexander Wolf is no longer with Imperium. Uh, I have no idea what they're going to do with the storyline moving forward. Cause now you've got these two stories with Wolf and mm. Killian Dane and Drake Maverick potentially breaking up. So we'll see what happens here. Do you think that this is like, do you think that this is like an open spot in in Imperium? Because that's the first thing that I thought about. I'm like, oh, who are they going to recruit next, right? And we had that Champa and Tart uh, match later that I was like, yeah. he will be perfect. Um, I did see the turn coming. Um, I love seeing um, Kalyan and Drake Maverick's relationship. Like, it is just so wholesome. <laughs> and I was like, please don't turn them against each other because there's just something about the two of them that I really, really like. But I really did see that. I, I thought um, Wolf losing, I was like, that doesn't look good for Walter. So why would they still want him in yeah. the group? Like, you want the group to look dominating and at loss just doesn't look good. So it's like they say, stand online or fall behind. And I, I, I felt that that's what was going to happen if he did um, lose the match tonight. And I, yeah, I saw it coming. <laughs> so Imperium, I mean, it is what it is. We've yeah. talked about that. <laughs> that is an interesting point that you brought up, Issa. Like maybe that is an open spot. I was just kind of assuming that, uh, you know, Imperium was just going to move on as a tag team moving forward. But 
Who knows? I mean, maybe that's not something that Pete Dunn can do. He can come in there, but if they got somebody like an alpha who can go and lead Imperium, and then that person maybe fused with Walter down the line, I'd love to see that. Well, yeah, because I saw a lot of people on Twitter typing like "R.I.P. Imperium," and I was like, "Imperium is a stable. A stable does not end when one of the members like goes, yeah. you know, gets gets turned on. Like the the, the stable still continues. So I was like, they could continue, again. but in my opinion, I was like, oh, this could mean an open spot. Um, we'll see yeah. where it goes, but I hope that's what it is, and they recruit somebody even more powerful. Or maybe they just go so. Maybe they're like the Casey and JoJo. Of Imperium, and just now they're going to be solo for a while. He would, he would go there. Like how New Edition turned into BBD. Well, they didn't turn into BBD. I mean, let's let's be clear about this. You know. <laughs> I love Belle Biv DeVoe, and I'm so disappointed that in the last five years I've had probably ten chances to see them, and I've been like, I'm going to go next time. I'm going to go next time. Oh, listen, I did that with Prince, and then he passed away, unfortunately. But uh, oh. so go see him. I saw Prince in 2004, and thank. Thank the Lord for that. That was absolutely, absolutely a fantastic show. And that was the tour where he was playing some of the older stuff too. So it was uh, really good. But, uh, oh, Belle Defoe. <laughs> a new edition. Like, why haven't I gone to a new edition reunion yet? Like, I've been thinking about that for 25 years. Ever since they did that spot at the MTV VMAs that year where they all got back together yeah. as a, as a, as a yeah. sextet. I've been thinking about seeing New Edition live, uh, and and I'll go I'll go even for the because uh, Bobby's been touring with uh, BBD lately. Which is very interesting. It's a very interesting. Listen, I have a feeling everybody's gonna maximize on how tickets are selling for 2022 because like tickets are going like people are going insane. They wanna get out of their house. I have a feeling that next year we're gonna see all kinds of reunions and random tours because they know that people are buying anything that says live event just to get out of the house. Because that's really is what's happening right now. Like everybody's tickets like crazy. I can't wait until they do versus live. You know, maybe they could do new edition versus boys to men. There's a lot of that you could do with that new edition versus. Yeah, I love that. Song. Now, boys to men's only three of the four, right? Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, I think. Like so. I saw, I saw color me bad like yeah. uh, a couple of years back, and it was like it was like half a color me bad. Right, right, right. So it's yeah. not all of. I know it's not all no. of them. The original members, not anymore. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm itching, itching for concerts. Like when I go yeah. to Vegas, I'm like Morrissey's going to be in Vegas. Like. Uh, Donny Osmond's doing a solo show. Like, I'll go see the the Lounge Acts. I'll go see the Magic. I'll go see whatever. It's like, I just want to go to some live events again. Fantasma versus Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. Uh, this was a really good match. This was really <laughs> intense. You know why? There's one reason this is a really good match. Raul Mendoza. Where that? Like, I know that fan, like, Adel Fantasma has been great and whatnot recently, but Raul Mendoza... I mean, he was the best part of this match. He was taking all the, the offense. Like, he was getting beat up for, like, three quarters of his match. It was like he was a baby face. They were setting him up for the hot tag, but he showed fire. And I thought he was fantastic in this match. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was amazing. And I never really... I never really paid much attention to him. And tonight he had that match that he made you pay attention to him, whether you wanted to or not. You know, like, I, I was there for Champ. I always liked him. And then all of a sudden I'm like... This guy is incredible. Why have I not really been watching, you know, closer? I will say, though, that I'm getting vibes of a lot of factions, too. And I know that I say that in AEW. And I'm like, is is NXT going in that direction? Are we doing the same thing here? Because I was like, it just felt like every segment included a faction tonight. And I'm like, this is very, very AEW-ish. And I pointed out 
when AEW does it, I have to point it out here as well. I'm like, okay, you have Legado del Fantasma and Hit Row and Imperium. And I was like, this is like, like the way. Yeah, I was like, this is starting to get very, very AEW-ish, right? So I just hope that they do it right. Um, I don't want to lose track of who's with who and all that. It's off topic, but this is when I started realizing that almost every segment I have watched tonight included a faction. Um, that being said, I love Legado del Fantasma, and I thought Raul looked amazing. And I do love seeing old school Champ. I hope he never does that weird hair thing that he did before, because I, it, I, I hated it. So it's good seeing him look like Champa. <laughs> I'll tell you, though, um, this was the opposite of the problem Imperium has, is that Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde, without, um, without Santos Escobar, it was their time to shine. Whereas Imperium, it's like, where's Walter every right. time he's not around? Right, you right. Know? Yeah, I mean, these guys have done a good job of kind of, especially dating back to that takeover where they had that incredible triple threat match. I think they've kind of gotten on people's radar. And I just loved the savage in me because obviously this is the right move that they did, but Raul Mendoza bled early on in this match, and it just looked wicked where he's fighting with all this blood in his mouth, and they got a commercial, and they come back, and he's all cleaned up. And I'm just like, come on, just let the guy know. in this match. I Don't that. Blood. <laughs> I caught that too. I was like, I thought for a second I was crazy. I was like, but wasn't he? And then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to yeah. let it go because I did notice that too. Oh, but this was good. They got a very good win. And I think, yeah, it really felt like it meant something. Um, I'm curious to see where they go from here. Same. Yeah. And well, uh, before we're probably going to do the MSK tag team match. Um, right. Hmm. Which I think, I mean, I've been waiting for that uh, for for quite some time now. I think that's going to be one. I hope that's at a takeover. That's going to be one hell of a match. If MSK and Legado del Fantasma get to go for, you give them 15 minutes, I mean, look out. Yeah, I agree. But hopefully they'll save it for In Your House. Right now it feels like they're giving us title. I'm not complaining. We have to cover it. So I'm here for all the title matches they want to give us right on a Tuesday night. But that is one that, like you said, should be safe for takeover. Like, I hope they do. We'll see. Then uh, we had Bobby Fish cutting a promo backstage, calling out Pete Dunne. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. I, I thought that he just went back, you know, like you haven't seen him in a while. So he brought you back. At, this is where I've been. This is why I was there and I'm ready to fight you and I'm here forever. Why not? Like, why not? I thought that them showing the, the scar and, and all of that was perfect. It's like this guy's coming back with a bang. With you know, with the desire of revenge, and Pete Dunne is over there talking all this crap about Karrion Cross. I think you really gotta handle this before you can move on. Yeah. And I saw that thing about a tag team match in two weeks. I hope it's the main event. I hope they give this just like they did with the Steel Cage match because those guys can have an incredible match. Yeah. Yeah. One thousand percent. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So, Aaliyah versus Sarai tonight. Leah out representing the Robert Stone brand. Uh, but when Shotes or I got the win, I feel like the Robert Stone brand, what's, what's the win-loss record for the Robert right. Stone brand at this point? Oh, for life? Yeah. And speaking of lifer, that's Aaliyah, right? She's an NXT lifer. Like, yeah. she's like, every time I see her, I'm like, wow, I remember her in, what was the name? The, Breaking the Ground. Breaking Ground. Breaking Ground. And I'm like, they're, like, all of those people moved on, but she's still there. And yeah. <laughs> I felt that she's, grown a lot in the ring right but this was definitely a showcase match for Shrey and she did absolutely incredible like she did last week they're definitely once again and I know we said this a couple of times building her up for something big what is it going to be 
I don't know because I feel everybody's so involved in so many storylines, but I like the idea. She's brand new. Some of us are not familiar with her, so we're going to let you see what she can do before we really put her in a in a storyline. Yeah. I thought this is what her debut should have been. I mean, I remember when she wrestled uh, Zoe Stark, and they had an incredible match, but it was way too competitive for somebody coming in. I mean, she looked like such a killer in this match and how hard she was hitting. She had that great thing where she gets up from the near fall. Instead of kicking out, she stands up. I mean, I thought Soraya was great. I mean, I really like Soraya. I hope they really just keep going with her because she could just kind of slot in and be a pretty dominant challenger to Raquel Gonzalez sometime down the line. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to see her every week. I feel like they're showcasing her and she's just showing something different. Last week's match was more competitive. Today she was dominant, uh, but I, I thought both matches, she looked great and I'm yeah. I'm not familiar with her. And they're helping me understand why she's a big deal just by having her put on these kind of matches. Just what's up with Aaliyah's career though? I feel like there was breaking ground. She's a lifer. But and then she was off TV for a while. But then when she started wearing the, like that X twenty three inspired gear, like I feel like she really came into her own about maybe three years ago. And I don't know. I just feel like they haven't really given her a push since the Robert Stone brand stuff. It's okay, but yeah, I mean, this is like not a rocket to the title. You know? Yeah, there was a while there where the Robert Stone brand was like all over NXT television. I remember when I was covering NXT for a while, I felt like I was always writing about Robert Stone. So he's kind of taking a step back and so is Aaliyah. And I, I mean, you just have to have the right things in place to get called up to that main roster. And like we were talking about with that Breaking Ground series, they found something in Baron Corbin and Carmella and Bailey and all these people. And for whatever reason, uh, Aaliyah just doesn't have it all put together. I don't think they think that she's ready for the main roster yet, but it's been quite some time. Uh, so, you know, she needs to hopefully make a move sometime soon, but I don't feel like she's close at all. Yeah. Right. I'm just glad to still see her there because obviously, you know, throughout since breaking ground till now, there's been so many, uh, you know, releases and, and all of this. So at least she's still there. They see something in her, but it yeah, might yeah. be an NXT something, you know, we don't know. There are people down there that have been open about not wanting to come mm. up. And I'm talking about like in the, in the guys division, in the men's division. So what if she is that way or me, mm-hmm. you know, I, She's still in one of the most stacked women's division, and I think that hurts her and helps her at the same time because she's also learning from the best. Um, But maybe she wants to stay there. I don't know. I don't think she does many interviews for us to know if this is by choice. Yeah. Do you think there's talent in NXT that tells their main roster friends, like, hey, do me a favor. Just don't talk to me around Vince. Like, if you see Vince around, just do me a favor. Just don't mention my name. Like, don't even put me on his radar. If you could could just distract him. After this weekend, probably, yes. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Uh, (laughs) But speaking of stars, Hit Row tonight. Oh, my God. So good. AJ Francis and Ashante the Adonis versus Tony Nese and Aria Davari. Pretty great squash. Man, this faction just screams star power. Yeah. Well, how long did it take you to realize that those were the 205 Live guys that we haven't seen in a while? Oh, Tony <laughs> Nese and Aria Davari? It took me a while. I'm like, wait, that's Tony Nese. Oh, my God. Like, I'm yeah. like, I, well, obviously, also, my eyes were so focused on Hit Row. I am super high on them. I love them. The entrance song was fire. I loved it, too. I liked the promo after. I liked that the match was short, quick. I love how they're already calling out whoever won the steel cage match, but... I felt bad because it took me a second to realize who they were wrestling. At the same time, I was happy that they gave on people that we know that have been there a long time. So, you know, it feels more credible. Do you feel like if you're being squashed, though, like you almost like 
you know, I don't need an entrance. Just don't say my name. I'll just be out there, you know. Yeah, it's usually how they just kind of run them out there and they That's lose good. Them it's fine. I was like, AJ Francis looked like a monster next to it. It was a good uh, choice to get those 205 Live guys there because AJ Francis, I mean, he's a big dude, but he looked like a monster sitting next to Tony Nese and Ari right. Bar. And, like, this stable, given what the stable is, it's just a bunch of musicians, kind of like a hip-hop crew. Like, they had to have a good theme music, and boy, did they ever. Like, I was listening to the yeah. lyrics. AJ Francis gets busy. Like, I cannot wait till they release this. This is an actual, like, really good song. Yeah, I, I was seeing all the tweets already, people asking, like, release it, like, now. <laughs> Props to them, because I thought that, um, I mean, I'm pretty sure these guys, it feels maybe it's their flow or their swag it feels like they have a little bit of more freedom creatively than most people but i do have to say i felt with roman reigns set rollins and now these that the, these three theme songs that they have released recently are a lot better than what they were doing there for a little while with all that generic stuff right yeah. i do feel that hit row was very involved in what they did but the Seth Rollins and roman reigns on smackdown theme songs are also very very good so i know that when they Stop the deal with um what was the name C CFO, CFO. The, CFO oh thank yeah. you yeah when they stopped the deal with them like the the music just got so bad but I feel like we hit a stride and we're getting a high again hopefully the people that got the really crappy generic songs also get a reboot of their music. Yeah. <laughs> And I like that they kind of presented as different in that, like, they had these different camera angles from when they were talking. And they all kind of, it's very similar to how the Usos cut those great promos where they're kind of playing off each other. They all four did it, which is very difficult to do and make it seem like it's real. But they did a good job of that, kind of like rhyming off of each other. It's like a cypher. That's what it reminded me of when they were talking. Like one of those hip-hop cypher where right. somebody jumps in and they rhyme, the other guy gets to rhyme. So I, I'm really into this. I'm two weeks in, I don't want to get too high on this, but... I think these guys, and yeah, they did the great call out. And another thing I liked about them is that they were talking about that cage match. They're really putting over that main event in that, you know, there's this big cage match. And I know he said he didn't care who wins, but it really made the cage match seem like it was going to be a big deal, whoever came out of that and won. Yeah, and also nice touch with the camera guy going up when they say his rises. Like it was like even the camera guy was working with them. It just flowed very well. I like how they like we were hitting the pose and everything as they were cutting the promo again. Hopefully, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. This is one, like, please don't put them on the main roster. <laughs> I've got a question. Who's the first member of Hit Row to get eaten by zombies? Who do you guys think? It's going to be uh, oh uh, Granted, so we're going <laughs> to... You know, I, I, I read today that The Miz got injured in that, and it just <sighs> broke my heart. It broke my heart to know that we were losing The Miz for a couple of weeks over a zombie match. Like, well, And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in the news. But first, uh, before the main event, uh, and we did get another vignette for the Diamond Mine, the same one. Uh, Alfred, you got sources? Any word? Any rumors? Any ideas? No, it, it just tells. I, I'm I, From the beginning, I thought it might be like Arturo was. But, you know, East was talking about the stables. This is exactly what I thought when I saw this is I think it's going to be a stable. And when I thought that, I was like, God, another stable in NXT. And if you think that, you know, Diamond Mine ends up being a stable. And that is several stables that NXT has. It's basically 80% of the roster is wrapped up in a stable. So I think it's going to be like an MMA type thing with Huas. And I don't know what other shooters they have down there. But I know they've got another couple of guys with like MMA backgrounds. So I think they're going to bring in maybe two guys or three guys that are all kind of MMA fighters. That's what it looks like to me. But who right. knows? Mm -hmm. It is kind of cool, though, if they can pull off having a show where there's like six different factions all at war with each other. I don't know. I think I think there's some really interesting storytelling you could do there. I mean, they've got war games. They, they own the rights to yeah. war games. So if you want to tell a story with factions, you got the pay-per-view for it. It's true. 
It's true. Um, and uh, we did have next week, we'll have Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart versus Dakota Kai and NXT Women's Champion Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, we did see that Ted DiBiase, there'll be a million dollar face off with Ted DiBiase Sr. and Cameron Grimes next week. Can't wait. Cannot wait. And the main event went overtime tonight the steel cage match for the NXT North American title. Bronson Reed versus Johnny Gargano. Uh, Bronson Reed getting the win. What was it? Uh, 14, 15 years to the day of his yeah. very first match? Uh, they, I think they said 13. Yeah. When you start doing that, I feel like you're really telegraphing it. It's like, yeah. think about it. If they win, they'd be the first father and son tag team champions <laughs> in the WWE. Like, yeah. Remember Tamina, the, the first time she's ever won the title or whatever they talked yeah. about? Oh my god! Yeah, they had his wife on that segment, so I'm like, "There's no way this guy's losing this match." <laughs> right, right. I thought that too. I was like, "Really, he's gonna win?" Right? <laughs> like he has to win. But I mean, it was still a great match. Um, I thought Austin Theory was genius outside, like the way that he played around and when he freaking slapped him with the entire door against the cage. That yeah. was an awesome spot. It was fun to even see Austin Theory taking some bumps, but. When 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 are we ever going to sit here and say it wasn't a good match if Gargano is involved? Let's let's just be honest, you know. <laughs> um, I knew it was going to be a good match, and I kind of figured what the result. It felt a little predictable, but it didn't take away from it being entertaining and hard hitting and and everything that you expect. Also, love how fancy the steel cage is in NXT, and the way it comes down so differently. I always pop for it. Yeah, I, I like how it's just right around the ring, and so mm-hmm. they don't get too many shots inside the cage. I always like that better than – it just kind of takes me out of a steel cage match. If somebody's in the cage filming, it's like, well, then what? Like, exactly. You, you want to get the feeling that these guys are locked in there. And uh, I will say that the outside interference didn't hurt the match for me, as much mm-hmm. as I do like Austin Theory. And I did legitimately laugh at a couple of spots that he was in. Right. Yeah. It did get frustrating, though, because this was a very well-wrestled match. They had some great spots right. like that sunset flip powerbomb that Gargano did. And I just thought every time Austin Theory ran in, you know, this is a steel cage match. The implication, at least if you're suspending your disbelief, is that nobody can get in. I mean, that's what it was built around. But uh, it's good that um, Bronson Reed won. I thought he was going to go all the way to the top of the cage, too, and kind of Me jump. Too. It seemed like they just went home. I think they were just running out of time because they went very much overtime. So he just kind of finished. Uh, but I, I liked the match. It was very well wrestled. I just didn't like the outside interference because it was – I mean, they were saying throughout the match, this is like a handicap match, yeah. and, you know, and it's kind of making a mockery of the steel cage if that's what you have it there for. I wish they would have not made it a steel cage and maybe like a non-disqualification because I do think it makes Bronson Reed's win look even bigger because he basically had to fight two guys, and that makes it just look like more, you know, which is why I think commentary was putting over so much of the outside interference. It's like, he didn't just have to be Gargano. He kind of had to be Gargano and Austin Theory, which if the steel cage wasn't there, then it would have probably, you know, been a little more effective because of what you're saying. It does make sense too, but I I did like some some of the spots that he took. Yeah, I would have liked, I mean, given how this match played out, why didn't they just do a handicap match for the North American? Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, right. maybe we would have complained about it, but, like, if this is the match you're going to book and, and you're going to do this big moment for Bronson Reed overcoming the odds, then maybe you should just win a handicap match for this title. He's a big guy. Johnny Gargano's a small guy. It's a good way to get the baby face or the heel heat if he's that much smaller. I think they should have just done a handicap match for this. Yeah, exactly. I, I actually like that idea because it's like I said, I feel it was just to make Bronson Reed's win look bigger than maybe book it differently so that it is more yeah. efficient. 
Yeah, I mean, this was a really good match, though. I think it felt earned with Bronson Reed. I feel like they've been building him for quite some time now. Uh, I really yeah, like, like him. 13 after. years. <laughs> well, but, but I mean, specifically in the last, like, six months. I, I remember there was a time when I really didn't care much about his character, and they started doing vignettes. They had a really good, I think, interview segment with him. Like, I don't know. Like, he, I really turned a corner on him, and I was so happy to see him win tonight. And here's the great news is that with Johnny Gargano and the way, like, Johnny Gargano unraveling is going to be TV gold. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. You know, so I'm really, really excited for where this goes from here. Uh, but this was a great show tonight. I mean, once again, they really, really outdid themselves. Yeah. I'm very happy with how the show went. It was, it felt like last week and I know Alfred and I talked about it last week. It just like took off and it never stopped. And this show felt the same. Mm-hmm. They're very good. They're very good at what they do. And uh, so the thing I would say tonight, this is a pretty good, pretty good show start to finish. I think uh, not really much in the way of dips. Um, so if you didn't check it out, check it out tonight. It was a very, very good show. Uh, Alfred, we have some news stories. Yes, we do have some new stories. Well, Asa alluded to it earlier. Uh, the Miz suffered really what was his first injury of his career. He, uh, it is believed that he tore his ACL. They don't know how severe the tear is, but he couldn't miss anywhere from seven to nine months if it Ooh. is as bad as they believe it is. And this is the first time that the Miz – I mean, this guy has been in WWE for, what, 11, 12 years, has never had a significant injury. Uh, and, I, you know, listen, I just talked to the Miz. Uh, I just released the interview today, and it, so much has happened since – it was just a couple of days ago. And since then, the zombie thing happened, the injury thing happened. And uh, so now, you know, it's just kind of heartbreaking to hear because he's a really good guy. We had a great conversation, and um, uh, The Miz might be out for quite some wow. time. What do you guys think about that? I think Raw's going to feel it. I think The Miz is a little bit of, of, of part of the entertaining factor. I didn't like that they were doing that field. I feel like the reason why I feel this just sucks is because the field should have been over after WrestleMania, and they should have moved hmm. on to something else. And, you know, and it happened on that match that just felt like something that didn't need to be on the pay-per-view didn't need to happen. It was stupid. And I hope he gets better soon. I think it's so impressive that this guy has never had an injury. And that's the first thing that I thought about when I read the news, I was like, the miss yeah. has the miss ever even been injured, which I remember he threw that on Daniel Bryan's face when they mm -hmm. were, you know, when they were feuding. Um, so listen, I hope he gets better soon. I, I think that we're moving on with Damian Priest. That's what they alluded to yesterday after he put, you know, after mm. he fought Morrison. So the good thing about this is that we should forget about the zombies by the time the miss comes back and hopefully it doesn't get brought up. Like, oh my God, he's back from the dead. <laughs> like, well, I can see yeah. <laughs> if he wasn't interested, if he wasn't injured, he should have come back as a zombie because he got bit by zombies at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and that's continuity. But I don't want to get conspiracy theorists. I think maybe he's not injured. They just think it's going to take us seven to nine months to forget about the zombies. And that's all. <laughs> and keep them off TV. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to take that long. That's the worst part of this whole injury, though, actually, is that he got hurt, and so now the story is that he got eaten by zombies. So now he has to play along with the zombie thing. Well, I'm sure when they pitched this to him, he was just thinking, okay, I'll get to this dumb zombie match, and then we'll move on. It's like, no, he has to be the guy who got eaten by zombies for the next year. But in, fa in fairness to the zombie segment, it was not as bad as uh, Bailey, This Is Your Life, or Bobby Lashley's sisters. Like I'd rather watch the zombies in the old day segment again. Sure. Listen, we can split hairs here. There are a lot of bad segments, but this belongs in terms of one of the worst segments. I mean, even Bray Wyatt recently, I think it was like oh, an hour true. ago, just came yeah. out and tweeted, Hey, you guys missed almost <laughs> as like acknowledging how bad this was. 
I mean, it was just the idea. Here's the worst part of it for me with the zombies was the commentators acting like they were real. Like, oh, God, these zombies are coming to get us. It's like, you guys are grown men. Like, Did you hear like, when they said we are not commentating from a safe spot? And I just wanted to slap my TV. Like, come on. Like, stop. Stop. And listen, again, I am a big fan of Damian Priest. And I just want I want to see him against Sheamus. Like, I want to see I want to see him do something fun and. He has so much momentum after WrestleMania, and I just want him to get that back. And this was not it. So this whole thing just feels like it's just sad. It's just sad. These <laughs> stupid zombies. I hope Batista finishes all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think uh, there's going to be a little heat on Damian Priest? And I only say this because I just watched that Booker T documentary, and they talk about when he came in, he you know dropped Stone Cold Steve Austin when it was a freak accident, but Austin got hurt. The first spot Booker T did, and there was a little heat on Booker T where they were kind of saying, oh, this guy's new. He's coming in and hurting people. Do you think there's going to be any of that against Damian Priest? I don't think so because I I feel like everybody feels bad for everybody that was involved in that. But also, his Chronicles also dropped this week, and it was a right. really good episode of Chronicles. Told a story mm -hmm. that a lot of people didn't know about him, so I feel like there's I feel like he still has a little bit of the crowd on his side. He just... I don't know. I, 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 we are, we covered this, right? So it's differently because we don't blame them for creative decisions. It's like, right. I, I'm pretty sure, like you said, the miss said, fine, I'll do it. And then we'll move on. Guarantee you, Damien Priest said the exact same thing and was like, okay, you down, let's do it. And now this unfortunate, you know, injury happened from it. I hope not because I feel like Damien Priest had a lot of momentum going after WrestleMania. I mean, I was hoping that money in the bank was going to be next, but no, oh. it's hell in a cell. Mm -hmm. because I was like, Damian Priest will be an excellent candidate for you know, money in the bank. But now we're going to do Hell in a Cell. Why? I don't know. But listen, I hope that he still has people behind him because Damian Priest is awesome. Let, it, let him go and be awesome. Yeah. No pun intended with the word awesome. Get better soon, Miz. <laughs> yeah, not trolling the Miz, everybody. Right, no. <laughs> Uh, we have a second news story. Very interesting. It looks like we're going to get Kenny Omega versus Andrade at Triple Mania oh. 29, which looks like it's going to be in August, August 14th, 2021, in the Mexico City Arena. So, I mean, that. You guys excited for that? 1,000%. Yeah. Yes. I mean, listen, we're going to get it, right? I, I'm pretty sure a lot of us were hoping we would get an AEW, and AEW was going to sign Andrade, but this forbidden door being wide open is allowing us to get matches like this. I'm just excited to see Andrade compete. I thought with him not having that 90-day clause, we would have seen already so many matches from him, and he's been very smart building that anticipation, not jumping into a match right away, and I'm, I, I just can't wait to see him. Now, whether or not he signs with AEW, I can see because this is months down the line. And, you know, AEW has a working relationship with AAA. So if they want to build this matchup on TV, I would love to see a spot where Andrade runs in, beats up Kenny Omega or something like that since he's coming for that AAA Mega Championship. I mean, that would be really cool yeah. to see on AEW TV. It will probably break the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for it. I've been seeing like he's he's working hard for it. They're working out. Him and Charlotte do some crazy Instagram live with their workouts, yeah, and I'm like, he's gonna he's gonna look great. And I cannot wait to see him just be invested and be doing something that he wants to do. And of course, Kenny Omega, he's like you know up there right now in in in, in what he's doing in wrestling. And I, who doesn't want to see that match? Let's just be honest. Yeah. No, absolutely. Very consistent at dressing alike, too, uh, Charlotte and Andrade. Very good at matching their outfits. I don't know if uh, Andrade bought a matching, like, Dalmatian bikini. I was just going to say he's going to show up at this event, dress as Cruella de Vil as well, because, you know. 
Listen, I was here for that look. I thought she looked incredible oh, right, on yeah. Sunday, by the way. It was the only thing is like I'm a dog person. No mm. pun intended with an XT and Crowley Bill. She kills puppies. So I was like, Charlotte, that's not, not it. Not it. Ah, <laughs> uh, what else we got? Any other news? No, those are our news items. Um yes. today. Kind of a busy news day, it seems. I mean these Two kind of hit, um, but uh, then they kind of calmed down after. So, and we would have done raw ratings, but I guess the Nielsen people are kind of uh, shut down. The server shut down, so we're not able to get very many ratings or anything like that right now. No, um, it's just that but, nobody watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that many, that few people. I was gonna say that, that you know, I'm, I'm guessing that if we did get those ratings, it would be probably the lowest of the year because I don't think that show did very well, and uh, I just didn't like what they did with Raw last night. Yeah. yeah, it was horrible. It was a horrible episode, and. Listen, everything else, I was like, oh, it was fun taking a break, but Raw, yeah, it wasn't It wasn't a whole, I didn't watch it, and now it's better. It was literally the same thing I watched three weeks ago, so you don't need to watch Raw. You can tune into the pay-per-view, and you'll know exactly what's going on. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm seeing this in the chat room. Did Zelina get re-signed? She's yeah, back. word on the street is she's coming back to WWE. She's talking, and uh, yeah. Yeah, she was I doing see. a documentary, too, that she was filming at the PC. Yeah. Interesting. interesting. I hope they put her with Alistair Black. We were talking about that on Friday. I really do hope that she is paired with Alistair Black because this character is kind of going in circles. But if Zelina Vega got in there, I think it would be much more interesting. Do you there... think that it will feel a little Karrion Cross and Scarlet kind of to where oh. you don't feel like he needs her? And she's like, I think, I mean, she's great, right? She's a good manager, but it's just like the, the mysterious guy that kind of like kicks ass, don't really need the manager. And you have guys like, Ricochet, who cut a horrible promo that could definitely oh, use somebody that speaks for them. Right. That that's where these girls should go to because I feel like Karrion Cross and Alistair Black, their work speaks for itself. That's a good. That's a good point. Definitely. I mean, but she used a good promo, and it just kind of fits because they're, you know, they're a real life couple or, or they're married, right. and that doesn't always translate to on screen chemistry. Like Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch had terrible chemistry on camera, but they might have better chemistry, and she might be like kind of involved and similar to kind of Scarlett does more less with more. Um, you know, she doesn't really talk too much, but when she does, it's impactful. I like uh, Zelina Vega's promo. She can talk like nobody's business. Oh, and I hope too. that she just goes all the way and talks, you know, because I really don't want Alistair Black talking that much. He can talk, but I want the animation and I want like this yeah. the mystique from Alistair Black and I want her to do the talking. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like your idea too. And, and it, it reminds me of when Lana first came up with Rusev and she kind of like controlled him. And that was yeah. the Rusev that I love. And it was like Rusev Crouch and he would go and destroy everybody. I if that's the if that's what we're getting, I would love it. Yes, yeah. because whatever they and I talked to you about this on Friday. Whatever they're doing with Alistair Black right now, I'm still not invested. So mm-hmm. if if she ends up being the character that he's talking about, that will be epic. There you have it. So uh, tomorrow night AEW coverage here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Friday night, the three of us back together on a Friday. Hell yeah! For the first time in ages. Uh, you can find Issa on the interwebs at nyc demon diva and that's with a one on twitter yes on twitter it's with a one alfred Conawa, this is nasty alfred what's the genesis of your twitter handle <laughs> uh, i wish justin lebron was here for this but uh my, my nickname is big nasty okay that was just a nickname that i had i used to play rugby and all the rugby players get nicknames and mine was big nasty that's just what they called me uh, because, you know, I hit really hard. I was very hard to bring down. You know, I was a beast in college. Uh, but they called me Big Nasty. And so I just kind of used that. And uh, when I started a blog, I called it the Big Nasty Athletic Department. And it just stuck with me. And so now I'm not changing it. There you go. I will always be nasty. 
There you okay, have it. big nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call you that every time you you like go on a rent or something. <laughs> you gotta trademark that shit. Yeah, you know, get official with it. And I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Everybody, have a good night. Thanks for hanging with us during uh, the YouTube issues. Hopefully, everything's okay in the replay. If not, I'm going to check it and take care of it. And uh, we'll catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Bye.